message from Heritage Christian Fellowship in San Clemente, California. For more information, go to heritagesc.org. I was originally going to film this on the back patio of the church because the green rolling hills remind me in so many ways of the city of Jerusalem and what it might have been like 2,000 years ago on that first Resurrection Sunday morning. But Mother Nature didn't cooperate, so welcome to our home. One of the things I've come to learn over the years is that the original resurrection story wasn't quite as cheerful as the one that we often celebrate today. Maybe this Easter is the closest emotionally to what it would have been like 2,000 years ago. There was still a lot of confusion. There were doubts. There were questions. And there was wondering about what had happened and maybe more importantly, what the future had in store. Does that sound at all familiar? Let's go back and read from Luke chapter 24, the story. It says, on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinners, be crucified, on the th- and then on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. Several years ago, Newsweek magazine, which is not known as a Christian magazine, uh, wrote a powerful article that told about Christianity and the resurrection. And this is what it said. The risen Christ is the center of the Christian faith. The mystery without which there would be no church, no hope of eternal life, no living Christ to encounter today. No other historical figure has ever made the claim that he was raised from the dead. It was this appearance of the resurrection Christ that lit the flame of the Christian faith. It wasn't the morality of the Sermon on the Mount which enabled Christianity to conquer Roman paganism, but it was the belief that Jesus was alive, that he had been raised from the dead. And I love that, what it says there, that Jesus was raised from the dead, lit the flame of the Christian faith. And as I think about that, I think about... How is that flame doing today in the midst of everything that we're going through? Is that flame burning brightly? How does what Jesus did 2,000 years ago help us today? How does it help our community? How does it help us as individuals? And how does it help our world? When we look at it, there are so many things broken, so many broken systems, so many broken people, so many broken lives, and so many broken stories. It's really all pretty crazy. So when we think about this, maybe from God's perspective, as he looks down, there are about 7.8 billion people currently on the earth. 
And if those 7.8 billion people just had one problem, that's 7.8 billion problems that God would have to solve. But we know that the reality of it is, is we all have more than one problem, don't we? Um, If we have two or three or four or five, that means literally billions upon billions upon billions of problems that God has to solve. So here's the challenge. How does God solve billions and billions of problems? For us humans, here's what makes these problems feel so intense, so deep, and why we feel so hopeless as we search for answers. We look at our lives and we realize that every problem impacts us, doesn't it? It affects us in some way. We can look at this pandemic and know that now in these recent days that 12 people per hour are dying from it. And then we realize that we only have so much time on this earth to fix our problems, don't we? I only have so much time. You only have so much time. And here's the saddest thing is we never really know how much time we're going to have. Will it be a long time or will it be a short time? So here's what's troublesome. If we look at our lives like this rope right here, this is the beginning and this is the end. And we consider this, we see that it's finite. There's only, there's only so much time here. And if you're somewhere here in this journey, I'm not sure where, this is the beginning and this is the end. You know, most of us are, well, some of us aren't quite maybe to the halfway point. Some of us are maybe at the three quarters point. When we look at this, we understand that it's a limited amount that we have to deal with. So here's the reality. We only have so much time to figure things out, don't we? Only so much time to try to get our problems fixed, put behind us, things that need to be forgotten, things that need to be healed so that we can enjoy whatever time we have left. But on top of all of our problems, we just want to live life, don't we? And maybe we can think about it this way. We look at a day and think, I'm going to work hard all day so that when I get home, I'll be able to enjoy these few hours at night and then I'll go back and do it again. Or we can look at a week and we can say, I'm going to, I'm going to basically toil through the next five days. So I'm going to get home on Friday night and enjoy the following two days. Then I'll go back and I'll start it all over again. We can look at life and we can say, I'm going to work really hard for 40 or 50 years so that when I get to the end, I can enjoy this period of time that we call retirement. But it makes what this rope and what it represents your life and my life, if we consider it, extremely important that there's only so much time that we have, correct? But here it is. God comes along and he says this. What if instead of 7.8 billion problems for me to attempt to solve, he would solve our one greatest problem 7.8 billion times? And literally billions and billions of times beyond that. Because here it is. The greatest problem every person has is this. What happens when we die? God comes along and he says, I'm going to answer that question this Easter for 7.8 billion people. And God's answer is this, that even though you die, you can still live. And that's what the resurrection story is all about. And that's really what makes the resurrection story so important. It's really about one word, isn't it? It's about hope. 
Death is the most unescapable problem that is true for every single person on this planet because nobody gets out alive, do they? It's always true. It will be true for every single one of us. But because of Christ, we have a new answer to the oldest question. So is death the end? The resurrection says, no matter how long we exist for here, no matter how long this is for each one of us, no matter how many or how few years we have, we have hope beyond that. Because Jesus says, if you believe in me, you have eternal life. And what that means is instead of a rope that begins like this, we have a rope that looks like this. If this represents our lives, it goes on and on and on and on. That's what eternal life is all about. In Titus chapter 1, Paul says this, Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to further the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness and the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. Paul is reminding us of this great promise that it's so much more than this. Only in Christianity is there such a promise of eternal life. Before this event that we're looking at this morning called the resurrection occurred, Jesus had some things to say about eternal life. In John chapter 17, he said this, This is eternal life, that they may know you, the Father, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. The Apostle John said it like this in 1 John 2.25, And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. John 6.40, it says, For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. But here's the funny thing in the story that we're looking at this morning from Luke chapter 24. Uh, even though Jesus told them all these things and told them a bunch of times and called and really tried to help them be prepared, uh, apparently they forgot. Um, because in our story, it says, the angel said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. And the truth is they weren't looking for the living among the dead. They were looking for the dead among the dead because they forgot what Jesus had told them. They came literally to find the dead Jesus, to anoint his body and to prepare it for his permanent burial. The angel seems to recognize the fact that they forgot, however, because he says in verse 6 of Luke 24, Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. And now I want you to listen carefully to this verse, verse 8. It says, Then they remembered his words. It was like, all of a sudden, what he told them came flooding back into their minds. And they remembered the things that he had told them about what was going to happen. This is the answer. The empty tomb makes a powerful point. And then they remembered that Jesus solved the greatest problem that all of mankind would ever face. By dying on the cross taking on the sins of the world, and then on the third day be raised from the dead, he would solve the greatest problem of mankind, and that is what 
happens when we die. Remembering is also what I believe that God is calling us to do today. And I'm going to say it's probably been hard to to really focus on Good Friday, maybe even hard to get up and come and listen to this message on this resurrection morning because of all the things that have happened around us. And if I could say to us this morning, this is a day to remember, to remember everything that Jesus has done for us. In Christ, the resurrection takes the final chapter of your story and it makes it the preface. It makes it the beginning. As a follower of Christ, the last day of your life becomes your best day and not your worst. What if this life is just the first letter of the first word of the first sentence of the first chapter of the book that's going to last for all of eternity that's called your life. What an amazing thought. That's why the cross is so incredible. Jesus came to wipe away the burden, the pain, the shame, and the regret of the past, the fears, the worries, the mistakes, and the sins of the future all so that we could have eternal life for everyone who believes in him. So here's the question. What are you living for? What are you living for today? What were you living for yesterday? What will you live for tomorrow? What if in the midst of all this, we've lost track and we now somehow think that this is what it's all about? Can I just say to you today that it's about eternal life? It's about thinking about and realizing that what we do here matters for eternity. What we do in this short part before we experience literally eternal life matters for all the rest of it. Just to put what we're going through into perspective, if this is our life and we look at this, you know, go back to this long rope, you know, we go back and we go back and we go back and we go back and we say, this is the beginning, this part right here, or this is our time on earth. And we're going to look at, you know, if we're in a shelter in place environment for three months, how tiny is that among when we look at our lives, it's even tiny there. But when we look at that in light of all of this, can I just say to you, it's less than the blink of an eye. It's really nothing. So I just want to encourage you as as you put that into perspective this morning, shelter in place and all the things we're going through really, really doesn't matter when we compare it to all of eternal life. I love a story I heard about a father who... He had a business trip and he traveled to Australia. And when he got there, he was had a bunch of business to do. But in the morning before he took off, he FaceTimed with his family back in the United States. And uh, he was with his two sons and his daughter. And they were looking at him and he was out on his balcony and the sun was shining. And they were asking him like, Dad, it's dark here. How can it be light there? And he says, well, I, tr- I crossed the international date line. And uh, so really, it's tomorrow here. And so they carried on their conversation. And they went, when they went to hang up, one of his sons said to his dad, Dad, can you tell us what happens tomorrow? And I just think that's such a powerful, powerful question. We know a God. We have a father 
who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Jesus literally comes out of time. He comes out of tomorrow to come to this earth to show us his love by dying on the cross. And the truth is we all want to know about tomorrow, don't we? What's going to happen with this virus? What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my retirement plan? And so many what's going to happen questions. And maybe even more than ever, we want to know about tomorrow. And the truth is, whatever happens tomorrow, if we believe in Jesus Christ, in the end, it doesn't really matter what happens tomorrow. Because we know that we get eternity when we die. We all want a report from tomorrow, don't we? From someone who has already been there, and that's Jesus. Jesus speaks to us this morning from outside of time. He's already been in my tomorrow, and he's already been in your tomorrow. And he knows all about it. And through the resurrection, he speaks directly to us today about the great future that we have with him in eternity. And he helps us to look forward to that day and that time with hope and with confidence. As Jesus hung on the cross, literally, I, I could say this, he speaks out of tomorrow. As he hangs between two thieves, one of them begins to talk to Jesus and reach out to him. And from out of tomorrow, he's able to look at one of them and he says, truly, I say to you, today you'll be with me in paradise. What a beautiful thought. Jesus knows all of our tomorrows. And here's the most powerful thing, and this is really what we have to keep our minds and our thoughts and our hearts fixed on as we contemplate this Resurrection Sunday. In Revelations 21, it says this, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them. And he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. And he who is seated on the throne says this, behold, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. And the resurrection and our belief in Jesus Christ is what will get us to that place of no more tears, no more mourning, no more suffering, and no more death. So do you believe that that's true this morning? Because that's really what matters the most. Do you believe that Jesus is who he says he is? If you do, here's the good news. You don't just get the short rope. You get this. You get, you get eternal life that's going to go on and on and on and on. Amen. Would you please bow with me and let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, this Resurrection Sunday, God, we aim our hearts to you. We fix our minds on you. And Lord, we're just today reaching out and we're not, we're letting go of that short rope and we're grabbing a hold of the, the rope of hope of eternal life and all that you have for us who believe in you. So God, we just say we're so grateful for this morning. We're so grateful for what this day represents.
You've answered the greatest problem of all mankind. What happens when we die? And for all of us who believe in you, when we die, we don't really die. We get eternal life because everyone who believes in you and dies will live forever. So God, just be with us today. I pray that you'll be with every individual, every family. God, no matter what they're going through today, may you fill them with hope because you come out of tomorrow and you say, I have you and you are mine and you will be with me forever in heaven. And we pray all these things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. God bless you. I pray that you'll have a wonderful Resurrection Sunday wherever you are, whoever you're sheltered in place with. May the presence and the peace of Jesus Christ be with you all. Thank you for listening. We hope you tune in next week. For more information, go to heritagesc.org.